The podcast starts now. Now, now, now. Welcome back to another episode of the No Easy Way Out podcast. My name is Tony Nash, and we are coming to you, as always, from the Armory in our hometown of Owasso, beautiful downtown Owasso. And I want to bring on Zach Snyder, our co-host. Zach, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you, Tony? How are you feeling today, man? I feel fantastic. How about you? I feel great, as always. It's, it's a podcast the, day, baby. It's the best day ever, right? As our good <laughs> yep, friend Mr. Yep. Dodge always says. So we are excited to have you on, and we are excited to introduce to you our guest today, and we will in just a second. But today's episode is brought to you by AZ Business Solutions. AZ Business Solutions is a full-service digital marketing agency located right here where I'm sitting in Owasso, Michigan. From responsive web design, uh, search engine optimization, cutting-edge graphic design, quality video production, and professional photography, AZ is focused on this, delivering great results and growing your brand from A to Z. Visit us online today at azee.co or... Give us a call at 844-360-2933. That's 844-360-AZ. And thank you for putting the phone number properly today, Zach. That was uh, a little bit of a mistake last week. We said <laughs> eight, 866, I think we said, and I yeah. don't even know my own phone number. So that's kind of where I'm at. But I'm excited to introduce to you today our guests, uh, uh, friends of mine and local colleagues. And um, that is Kellen and Danny Caswell. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for Hi, having Tony. us, Tony. Good to be here. It is great to have you guys, and we are excited to talk about you guys are involved with the coffee shop downtown. I know you guys do other things as well, but I want to talk a little bit today about that. So why don't you tell our guests who you are and what it is that you guys do? Yeah, um, so essentially I, I was born and raised here in Owasso, and uh, the resurgence of Owasso in like the last 10 years has been amazing. So when I grew up in this community, you didn't go downtown like right. at all. Everything and, was closed. Yeah, everything was closed. All the downtown uh, businesses, were they were vacant. There's so many buildings that sat, sat empty. And so in the last five years, we've been seeing this resurgence. And uh, so just this past year, we've been able to get involved downtown. My wife, Danny, is the manager at Owasso Books and Beans, where we sell books and we sell coffee. Um, and she's doing just an awesome job over there uh, interacting with the community providing uh, great reading resources, some great coffee, even though I'm not a coffee drinker Fantastic myself. Fantastic coffee, I will say. <laughs> it is. It's really I'm a, good. I'm a coffee drinker, and it's great. It's so awesome. we're just excited to be part of the resurgence of Owasso um, and to, to work with a community that we really love. Okay. So tell us about your guys' role in the coffee shop. I know it's a collaborative effort, and, uh, and the, the bookstore and the coffee shop. I know it's a collaborative effort between you guys and some other uh, well-known local people. And uh, you guys came to us, man, back in, I think, uh, June of last year and talked to us about the vision, and we were super excited about it. And we've been able to help a little bit from the marketing side. Um, and the bookstore has been open now since December, I believe. Is that correct? November-ish? November-ish, yeah. yeah. I would say mid-November, but if Ben had anything, anything to say about it, it would have been since our official open date, which was November 31st. Yeah, okay. So um, things are going really well. Fantastic coffee, but tell us a little bit about your guys' role in the whole process. So my role in the whole process is I'm just the operations manager. I'm there day to day. Um, I had experience as a barista before, so 
fitting into that role was so comfortable. I just knew what I was doing. Yeah. So it wasn't, there was like no training involved in that. And it's just, it's fun to come up with new drinks and to create things for people to enjoy. And we have so much more than coffee. Like if you're not a coffee drinker, you can still come. We offer artisan soda. We offer lemonades. We offer hot chocolate tea and hot chocolate and all the things we have are smoothies and frappes. Like if you're not a coffee drinker, don't let that keep you from trying out our business because we have so much more to offer. Um, and then the book side of it, taking that on was so new for me, but it's so much fun getting to figure out like what people are interested in and what you should stock in store. And then having things that you picked out being bought by people and how you can talk about the books. And it's just so cool being a part of that. Yeah. But that's what I do day to day. So I work in the coffee and the books and all the ordering and managing. And it's, it's really fun though. And I love my job. And if you go in there, you will see Danny. Zach, how many times have we been to Owasso Books and Beans? <laughs> I think I think three times three, now. Three yeah. or four times yeah. uh, just to have coffee. We've gone for other things, but she's been there every time. Yeah. They have a really cool little uh, machine that will actually um, like print a picture. Yes. Or we always get our logo on yeah, there, yeah. our logo right on the on the foam of the latte. It's amazing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the barista. So if I use the wrong terminology, I'm sorry. But. So that's something that I can speak to just to, for just a minute. Um, the Ripple machine is actually old. So the Ripple machine has been out for about four years. And if you look it up, so Drink old. Ripples. It's <laughs> Drink <laughs> Ripples. It's actually like we have the first model that was built. They've out, now come out with a, a second model that's totally different. Um, but what's really cool is it, I mean, it's all cloud-based. So if you enjoy different things on your coffee, it can actually take a picture from your phone and it communicates with the machine and you can pick whatever you want. You could have a picture of yourself or a picture of anything and you could print that on your coffee because it communicates directly with our machine and then it can just get printed on your coffee. And the coffee printer is actually like a, I mean the ink pod is coffee extract, glycerin and lemon juice. And that's really all it is. And it just prints a picture. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We're going to go in today and get some pictures of Zach's face on the coffee itself because that's what that. you want. That's what you're going to get. Yes, yeah. We actually had that a lady, will sell some coffee. Let me tell you, we had a lady who is getting married, come in and she asked all of her bridesmaids to yeah. be her bridesmaids by getting it printed on the lattes. Really? Oh, um, yeah. Creative. So it was pretty neat. That's great. Like it was really cool. That's great. So, Oh, go ahead. We're still waiting for our first wedding proposal. So if yeah. anybody wants to yes. come out there and get, you know, marry me idea. on their, on their latte. That's a fantastic idea. Uh, so, so great. you heard it here at, uh, the no easy way out podcast. So, <laughs> Make sure you give credit where credit is due. So, yeah, you go in. Danny is always there. She is a yes. chemist behind the counter. She Every time I go, I don't even order anything. I said, just give me what you think. And every time she gives me a drink, it's awesome. And uh, she has a lot of experience uh, working in the coffee world. She worked with Bigby for a time. And you guys also have a really cool collaboration with Foster Coffee in yes. that they roast custom beans for you guys. That you guys, uh, so, so you can take uh, you know that local product that everybody knows and loves and you can add your own spin to it and these, you know, different types of drinks that you can't get there necessarily. And so that's a nice draw. Again, if you don't like coffee, like our buddy Kellen here doesn't, and I don't know why. How do you not like coffee? That's just weird to me. But <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like coffee, uh, then you can get all kinds of other things. And uh, there are some really good drinks there. And then, of course, there's the book side. So... <clears throat> I want to talk about that for a minute because it's 2020, right? Yep. There's this perception that everything's going digital. I have an iPad in front of me that has this, and, and I read a lot of books on my iPad. People have their Kindles, and, and they, uh, you know, they have their social media where they get their news. And, and uh, you know, of course, when you go on social media, everything's in short little 
you know, 120 character max clips. You know, if you do go on Facebook and somebody has a long like post, you're like, oh my goodness, I don't want to read a book here. (laughs) And so there's this kind of perception that people don't read anymore. And, uh, and, uh, but I have to think and, and, and prove me wrong. I have to think that in 2020 that having a bookstore can be very challenging. I love the fact that I live in a home in a town that has a bookstore I am a reader. I enjoy reading, although I don't read a book a night or even a book a week. But I do enjoy reading, and I do enjoy getting the hardback or the paperback. It's different than just reading it on your uh, on your tablet. But I gotta imagine, you know, with uh, Borders going out of business and Barnes and Nobles struggling, and you know, Amazon. Everyone says Amazon's taking over the world. It's got to be a bit of a challenge to have a bookstore in 2020. So, how do you? How do you? What's your strategy? How do you work with that? Yeah, I, and is it real? I think you brought up some legitimate concerns, but I think it's also important to realize that the, the books, the reading hasn't just termed out. It's it's still relevant, but the way we read has changed. Sure. And so, so many people, when they think of books, they immediately think, "Well, how are you going to compete with Amazon? How are you going to compete with Barnes and Noble?" Right. And and our response is simple: It's like we don't need to compete with Amazon or Barnes and Noble. We're a local bookstore, right. and our goal is local relevance. So we, we don't expect people from California, you know, to travel to Michigan and come into our bookstore and, and, you know, be one of our primary customers. That's not a reality. So what we've done is we've created a strategy that is completely based on what our local market is craving. Um, so we have what we call curators. Mm-hmm. So we found people who are very knowledgeable in certain areas. Maybe it's special needs. Uh, maybe it's a religious section. Uh, maybe it's nonfiction or the indie next section where those curators from our community will pick the books that go in that section. Mm-hmm. So they've came in and said, these, these, this is what your community wants to read. So this is what you're going to stock. Yeah. But beyond that, then they'll take and they'll put a little card next to each book that will say, this is why this book is in the store. Because I've read it and I got this, you know, this yeah, out of it. it was a personal touch. Exactly. So, so essentially, we're trying to feed the community the kind of books that they want, rather than just saying we're going to stock the shelves with whatever and hope you find something that's relevant. Yeah, and I think that's an awesome strategy because we've all had a friend or a colleague or a business associate that we worked with or that we knew that said, you got to read this book. And the only reason we got that book was because this person said, you got to read this. You maybe admire them or admire their journey. And you think, well, if that book helped them, it probably will help me. So that personal recommendation is why I bought most of the books that I buy because somebody else recommended it. And so I think it's cool. And, And we've got to come in and meet some of these curators and let them tell their story, but it's neat to see them have their stack of books that they carefully selected and then they tell you what that book you know, said to them or what that book meant to them and why you should read that book. And I think that's a fantastic strategy. And have you found that that's uh, having some success? Are people coming in based on other people's recommendations? We've had so many people comment on the cards and how much they love that somebody took the time to not only read that book but to say something about it so that they could come in. And they don't necessarily have to pick up the book and read the back or anything like that. They just come in and they read that card and they're like, well, if it meant that much to this person, and sometimes those people are in store and can talk about it even further and can say, well, this is why that touched me and this is why that changed me or this is why you should read it. And we've had so many people just say, that was helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And they've, I mean, they've picked up books like that and said, you know, maybe if that wasn't there, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have looked at it. Yeah. So 
It's, it's definitely working. I think it's awesome. It's something I'd never heard of before, and I don't know if that's something that you guys have come up with or if that's something that, that other bookstores are doing, but I think it's a fantastic strategy. And the other thing you guys are doing is you're doing a lot of events uh, based around the things that are going on there. So talk a little bit about the events you guys are doing. Yeah, so one thing we're realizing, especially with millennials, um, and this is probably going to continue into Gen X and Gen Z, is that they use their social network to to buy books. So in other words, they want books that are recommended by their friends from word of mouth. They want books that have reviews online. They want to be able to share what they've learned and what they've experienced with books on social media. So really it's this social community that kind of empowers and encourages reading. So what we've done is we've tried to create our own reading community centered around our physical location. And we've done that with kind of the curator cards that we just talked about. We do that through events where we bring readers who are interested in in common things. They'll come together for different events, and they can collaborate, communicate, talk about their experiences with, um, say, it's calligraphy. And then we'll have books there about calligraphy. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to create that kind of community where they can share word of mouth reviews about books, um, and they can do it through our Facebook page where they can share reviews and experiences they've had right there around our physical location. Well, I think it's oh, – well, you were going to say something? We've had a couple local author signings, but, I mean, the event that really just kicked off last week was how to write a personal memoir, and I didn't realize how popular that would be. Yeah. And we had 10 people sign up for the class, and we had five more call, about, call and ask, and we actually have wow. another class coming up. Um, and I, I mean, I, I was there the whole time and just listening to what the speaker had to say. I mean, it was all very interesting. And all these people decided that not only did that drive sales, almost everybody there came in and got a coffee or a baked good or something for themselves during that two hour time frame. But then afterwards they all got up and they, they were walking around in the store and several of them bought books that day. And so the, the event curates sales i mean it it really it just it concentrates those yeah which was so good but not only that now these the people in that group said we want to have like an advanced class like a next step for us we hadn't even gone and thought about that but these people said well we want to do that and so now we're going to make that happen just from the feedback of that event well in any business that has a strong focus on listening to your customers and what they're saying and what they want i think is 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 always going to have a better chance of success and, you know, we've been observing, um, we are heavily involved in the social media, as we said, and you guys are getting great social media engagement on the posts that are happening. So people want it. I believe locally here, people want the bookstore and want to see it happen and want to see it succeed. So um, I think it's awesome. And I think you guys have a good strategy. So we are all, uh, you know, in the corner of wanting to see it do well and not just succeed, but thrive and really, really do well. Yep. But there's one thing that I think a lot of people are you guys both millennials i know you're a millennial are you gen z i i don't i was born in 99 i can't remember so that's is that gen z year i was born yeah Uh, so you guys are both gen z all right okay so there's this perception that young people millennials gen z they just don't read they just it's just the generation that they don't read they don't care about things and uh i think that's an improper perception but i have to say zach we've talked about this a lot zach what's the last book that you read I have no idea. <laughs> was it in high school? Well, I actually used to read a lot when I was a kid. And then... Dr. Seuss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Those the are good easy books. Stuff. Yeah. And then when I grew up, I just I just didn't read anymore. I just... I don't like it anymore. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it's Zach... Weird. I'll give Zach 
some instruction or like we'll, we'll get a new piece of equipment and mm-hmm. he's having a hard time figuring out. I said like we'll read the instruction manual and open up and it's like three pages <laughs> and he's like I don't want to read all this <laughs> well half it's in Spanish I don't, yeah, that's <laughs> I don't know how to read that language <laughs> yeah. oh lord yeah but Zach look up for us while we talk about this look up for us there's got to be some statistics out there about Gen Z millennials let's look up let's, let's look up millennials what is the statistics uh, I can't even talk statistics what are the statistics on millennials reading books and do they read and how often do they read and you guys both seem very passionate about books but do you I think that that's true read. that people that are young don't read or they don't want to read or yeah the the perception that millennials don't read is completely inaccurate it's a farce debunked yeah, uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah it says what, what is what is google tell i got us? it here it says that uh 72 percent of millennials have read a print copy book and eighty percent of young adults have read a book in any form. Oh wow, eighty percent. So I'm in the twenty percent, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're the, the odd man we out knew, here. We knew you were it's unique. The first time in my life, I'm a. Yeah. His mom I'm always told him he was special. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so I mean, according to Google, and everything you read on Google is true. According to or Google, <laughs> people are reading in your age group. So are they reading hardbacks? Are there some statistics? Oh my goodness. I can't say that. That's word. a tough word, Tony. <laughs> Are there some stats? Let's just keep it at stats. Are there some stats about if they're reading on uh, what they're reading on? Are they reading hardcover books? You know, are they are well, they yeah, reading? Yeah, seventy-two percent have read a print copy. A print copy. Okay. Yeah. Does that so have like a, them, yeah. a time frame attached to it? Like they've read a print copy in the past twelve months, or? Yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, Let's find out. Let's find so out. So it says that millennials have read five books a year on average. Five That's books a good. year. That and is pretty is good. Average. A year, yeah. Wow. And on average. So that means there's Zach who's bringing that average way down. Yeah. But then, yeah. Danny, how many books do you read last year, you think? Mm, ooh, I can't even – I don't count how many books. I probably read about a book a week. Oh, my goodness. And then last year I was in college, and Good so I was you. reading textbooks. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't have a lot of time for pleasure reading. I still tried to do a little bit. But, I, like, now that I work at a bookstore, I probably read about a book a week, not only yeah. because I want to recommend to people, but because I enjoy reading. Yeah. So. What about you, sir? How many books would you say you've read? In the um, past I'd say probably read seven or eight books in the past year. Yeah, um, I, I fit in that category. Yeah, I, I would say this. So for me, when I was young, when I was in my twenties, and a lot of people still think I'm young. You know, they say you're, you're as young as you feel. So I feel like I'm twenty years old. I definitely feel like I identify more with millennials than Gen X for sure. I have a mm-hmm. similar mindset. But when I was really young, out of high school, out of college, I just hated reading. Like, I have such a short attention span. If ADD was a thing when I was in school, they definitely would have diagnosed me with that. ADD, (laughs) ADHD, like, this guy can't pay attention. I had such a difficult time. And for me, like, when I would pick up a book, I always felt like, why is it so thick? Like, just get to the point. And I'd start reading. I'm like, I already know where you're going. Why do you need 10 more pages to explain this? So I, like, got to the uh, this process where I, like, read the first page of a chapter and the last page of a chapter when yep. I had to do book reports and things. Oh my and I felt like I comprehended it very well that way. For me to read all of the fluff, it just was hard. And as I got older, I grew more of an appreciation for reading and the things you could learn. Now, I will admit, I, I still don't read storybooks. Yeah. Like books that tell a story. I'd rather go see the movie, like the movie because yep. of my ADT. Like unless the book has like pop-ups and pictures and crayon, <laughs> crayon areas. Like, <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I, I'd much rather read a book on personal development. That's me. Um, yeah. Or how to grow my business or something like that. And I like information books. I read for entertainment purely. Yeah. Definitely. It has always fascinated me. And this might make me sound really dumb, but that's all right. I am who I am. 
it's always fascinated me when somebody can sit down and open a book and just get immersed in the story and use their imagination. Like, I guess I just maybe don't have a good enough imagination to picture what the characters yeah. look like and, and the setting. And I know a good author can kind of paint that picture for you. But people say, would you, I hear people say this statement, the book was way better than the movie. And I'm like, that's impossible. Oh, no, it's not. It's like, because it's your perception of it. And that's why I love, that's why I love reading is because if it can make, if it can paint a picture in my head and make a movie, it's literally like you're reading a movie. I mean, all these scenes are going. It's such an incredible feeling. And that's why everybody says it's better than the movies because so, they had their own experience. So that's interesting. So maybe if you read the book first, mm-hmm. you've already painted a picture of what oh, the yeah. characters look like. and the thing. So that's why the movie ruined it. But yeah. What about if you watch the movie first and then read the book after? Do you think it's still the book is better? Sometimes. I mean, it's really hard sometimes to encompass an entire book at, like I mean, let's just take like Lord of the Rings, for example, Mm -hmm. such a large book, such a big Mm. series. Yeah. And it's hard to just fit all of the events and things into, you know, an hour and a half, two hour long. They're three hour movies. See, (laughs) and even then they still didn't, you know, they still miss miss a lot lot of the events. And so I think sometimes seeing the movie and then reading the book, you're like, you get some more of the context that you didn't have before. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting, and I think people have to understand that everybody is different, and everybody mm-hmm. experiences things different and learns different. But, but I, I think it, it's a surprise to me to hear that that many millennials are reading because you just yeah. you hear all this stuff, you hear all these sayings like, because of social media, they don't read anymore. They're used to the short little captions, and even when we're creating content for social media, like we really focus on trying to create captions that are like 20 words or less yep. wow. because we know people have a short attention span For sure. um but it sounds to me like people are still you know still out there reading and i think that's that's great yeah they are in and tied to that stereotype that millennials don't read a lot of people think well that's why millennials can't do this and they're struggling in business and those are all false perceptions yeah. and reading has just changed so much where before if you wanted to learn something before the internet was here and before YouTube and before Google, you may want to learn one specific thing. So you sit down and read a book that's, you know, 200 pages long yeah. to find one key piece of information right. where now you jump on Google, you jump on YouTube right. and learning is so much more efficient today. Mm-hmm. So I, I think reading really serves two primary purposes to acquire knowledge and to entertain yourself. Yeah. And because it happens so much more efficiently today, right. we don't have to pick up a book to gain that knowledge or, or have that kind of entertainment we're looking for sure. that you used to. Yeah. So I think, I think actually millennials are probably accumulating knowledge at a faster pace than any other generation. Absolutely. They have more access to knowledge. Absolutely. Actually, Gary Vee, who I follow, I don't know if you're familiar with Gary Vee, but he, uh, they, he was on the Steve Harvey show recently and, and he was talking about entrepreneurship and Steve Harvey said, Tell our audience what's the book that they gotta go read. Like, what's the book they should go get? And he goes, "I'm gonna spell it for you. It's G O O G L E. Yep. Google." He's like, "You can learn everything on Google," and that is absolutely true. He wasn't discounting the value of reading because he does read and he's uh, wrote a couple books himself. But the truth is, kids have such access to information. Mm-hmm. Well, and so do we. We say kids. We all have the same access. Um, but the way you know, there used to be a time. I remember a day. When somebody would say like, oh, who is the actress that played in that movie? And like, you couldn't think of the name and like all day it would drive you insane. And you just literally had to like not know. You just, you had, maybe you could go to the movie store and find the movie and <laughs> yep. you, you couldn't just get the answer. And I remember a day like that. And you guys have never experienced that because all you have to do is just Google or, hey, Siri, what's the, what's the name of the actress that was in that movie? Yeah. And so 
I think it's fascinating. Zach, what are your thoughts over there, man? What do you think about all this? Are you going to start reading? Um, possibly. <laughs> I might, yeah. I, <laughs> I know a place where <laughs> well, you can get... People are asking me to read all the time, you yeah. know? You and Chuck Dodge. Yeah, yeah. But um, I know I'm a not good place yet. where you can get a book, like some good books. Yeah. Yeah. Where is that? Yeah. I can Owasso recommend books, books and Beans. The library or something. Yeah. I've never been to a library in my life. For a guy like Zach, what's a book he's just like for the... the a starter book, yeah. yeah. What, yeah, like besides Dr. Seuss, like what's a... Say, hey, Zach, here's a book you're going to enjoy. Now, he's the a... next p- level. Now, listen, Zach is a great storyteller. He loves to write. He writes short films. He's done four or five of them now. He has another one coming out when? February 8th? Yep, on February Saturday. Yeah. Plug the merch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> February 8th, dropping. Yeah. Um, he's a great storyteller. So he likes a story. Okay. But I think he gets bored in someone else's story. Someone else's story. I don't know. <laughs> so what's a good story he should read? That's maybe not long, but it's fun and quick and to the point. And I don't know. Are add you, some humor. Are you more of a novel reader or more of like a self-help kind of guy? <laughs> I'm not a reader. He's not a reader. <laughs> He's like, He's like, I'm not a reader. We do have so some really great. We have some really great adult coloring books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bookstore. I can't say the lines. Some mazes. Some mazes. Something else. All right. That's true. Even at work, he can't stay in the lines. But. <laughs> we actually—I mean, if you're—if you're really, we actually have a section of comics that honestly Comic might books. be a good place to start. Oh. That are actually—I mean—and some of them are pretty long, and yeah. some of them—and they're—and they're just funny. Like we have a couple Calvin and Hobbes. We have Far Side. We have a couple things that you know are just—they're easy to read, but they also keep your attention because they're funny. Yeah. And and I bet you read way more than you realize. It's just not in the form of a book. It's yeah, in the form correct. of yeah, yeah. the internet, sure. of Google. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. Reading instructions on how to do stuff, even <laughs> yeah. if it's in Spanish. Um, you know, so there's a lot of reading that goes on that's outside of just, you know, a paperback book. Mm-hmm. No question and about I it. And think, I think that gets overlooked a lot of times, especially with millennials. Yeah. Now, I want to I address something about the millennial thing. Like, I think millennials get such a bad rap. I absolutely love millennials like i missed it just by like a year or two um what's the look up the years of a millennial like what 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 uh years they were born um so i think that i i I feel like i identify more with millennials yeah i think like them i understand them i think millennials are dreamers they don't want to just do something because everybody else did it before them, but they want to know a reason why. They want to understand it. They want to feel like what they're doing has purpose. Sure. And I love that. That's that's me. That's who I am. So I know you can't put everybody in a box. So whether I fit the millennial decade or the year or whatever, I feel like I identify with that. And now, in every generation, there are people that are lazy, entitled, blah, blah, blah. Here's the bad rap that millennials get, that they were raised in the participation trophy age. Well, that's not their fault. That's their parents' fault. So we for need sure. to blame the parents for yeah. giving <laughs> trophies for eighth place. Like, that was the dumbest idea anybody ever came up with because it literally did create a sense of everybody's a winner and everybody gets a prize. And then you get out <laughs> into the real world and you realize, whoa, wait a minute. Everybody's not a winner and everybody doesn't get a prize. And yep. if I don't work hard, I don't keep my job and I don't get a paycheck. Sure. What would you come up with? Millennials are uh, those who were born in 1981 to 1996. By one year. By one year. Actually, six months. So I think maybe, you know, I got some millennial, you know, juices flowing still, even though I just (laughs) missed it by one month. But I just think it's such baloney. I really do. When I worked in hotels for 10 years, I hired almost primarily millennials. And we had so much fun. And when you can convince a millennial or a young person that what they're doing 
serves more purpose than just making a bed or just taking a reservation or just serving this item and, and let them see the overall purpose and what you're doing and providing an experience for somebody who's out of town, away from their home, and allowing them to feel like they're in this cool place and the, the fun journey of staying in a hotel. And you can get them to understand that they will perform and they will come out and they will show up. And I love it. So that to me, that perception is bogus. But some people think that way. Yeah, I think you nailed it. And I think that um, in previous generations, a lot of us would, a lot of people would just say, this is the one thing I've got to learn how to do. And I'm just going to do it for the rest of my life so I can make a living, yeah. provide for my family. And I think millennials are, are changing where they want Disruptors. to know what purpose what they're doing has. Yeah. So if it doesn't have a purpose, that's where people say, well, you're just being apathetic. Well, maybe they're not, it's not apathy. Maybe it's that they don't understand or they don't feel like what they're doing has purpose right. and they crave that. Yeah. They long for what they're doing to make a real difference and right. to really change people's lives. And here's the balance of that. And I, I'm, I'm, I more feel like that because my father has worked in a same, and I respect him so much. He's worked in the same factory that he hates for over 40 years. Oh, yep. goodness. And he just goes every day. He shows up on time. He's not late. He doesn't call in sick. He's been promoted as high as you can get promoted. And he just goes. And to this day, he doesn't love it, but he does it because it's the right thing to do. I got to provide for my family. And, and I worked in that factory for one year, and that made me realize I am not doing this. Yep. <laughs> I cannot do this. But here's the balance of everything I do has to have a purpose. And I would say, if you can find a way to do what you love every single day, you've won. Yeah, for sure. You've won. But the balance is if you haven't found that way yet, you still got to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we all have to work the job we hate to get to the job that we love. And I think where some millennials fail is that they think that, well, just because my job doesn't have a purpose, I shouldn't do it. Right. And there is that principle that, you know, even the Bible says a man that doesn't work shouldn't eat. Like you need to go work yeah. and pursue that passion. And if you go to work eight hours a day and you hate it, well then come home and spend the eight hours at night pursuing that thing that will get you out of that job and be happy and do what you love and pursue what you're passionate about. And if you can live on ramen noodles and raisin bran then lit in, in a junky crappy apartment and, and live on a little so that you don't have to work much of a job, then do that. Mm -hmm. But you have to meet your responsibilities. And so passion is important and doing something you love is important. But the balance is make sure that you also realize yeah. there is just some value to going to work every day and taking care of things. Yeah. And I think when you find that one thing that you're really passionate about, you're willing to go through those periods that maybe feel a little lethargic and apathetic where I'm not passionate about this, but I know what I'm working towards. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important for all of us to be able to find what is that end goal. Yeah. Because if we know what that is, we're willing to put in those extra hours. We're willing to put in those late nights um, to sacrifice entertainment and fun times to get us to that point where when we wake up and go to work mm -hmm. every day, we're doing something we love. We're helping to change lives for the better. Mm -hmm. That's what we need to do is, is right. really find that purpose so we can drive through those hard times i got there so early <laughs> yeah well that's awesome I i'm mean, doing what i love that's so. and that's great and if you can do that and find a way to make money again i think you've won yeah zach when when i hired him uh he had spent a year in college uh studying uh a lot of different things yeah. that's a major like three times yeah. <laughs> and he just realized like it wasn't it wasn't for him what he was yeah. studying it just there was nothing that he was passionate about. he knew what he wanted to do so he decided to take some time off and come home he Got a job at a factory, making decent money, saving up money, not 100% sure what he wanted to do. But when I offered him the job here, I knew he was passionate about filmmaking. I knew he loved doing videos. I knew he was involved with social media. So I, th I know he doesn't have the experience, but he, he, he 
there's something he's passionate about. And to mm-hmm. me, passion sometimes can outweigh experience. Yep. For sure. And um, I wasn't able to pay him what he was making at that last job. And I don't even know still if I'm able to pay him what he was making there. But I talked to him about it. and I was making $60 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? oh, <laughs> sorry, Zach. Sorry. Can't get you there. I'm kidding. But, um, you know, now he gets to come every day and do something that he enjoys. And there are some things, some days that are just work. It's just punching away at something. But for the most part, he gets to do what he wants. You know, my, uh, my reason why I do, my purpose behind what I do, the phrase that I use is to be happy and to spend as many days as I can doing what I love and what I'm passionate about. That's what I'm about, to be happy and to spend as many days as possible doing what I love and what I'm passionate about. And there are always going to be days where you have to do something you don't love and don't enjoy. But if I can spend the majority of my days doing what I love, that to me is success. That's winning. Yep. So, so on, on the topic of this, let's, let's just stay on that. There is the stigma about millennials and young entrepreneurs. You kind of hit on some of it there that you want what you do to feel like it has purpose and that it's not just about collecting a paycheck. Um, but how do you overcome? Have you guys noticed as young people, Kellen, you're 29, yep. but you could pass for 20. Yeah, for sure. Right. right? <laughs> um, and so do you find that when you go into a room that people don't give you the respect that you would like them or that people, is, is there a stigma that you have to overcome? Yes. And, uh, a funny story quick. I, when I, I work over at a private school in Owasso, and one of my primary roles is fundraising. And there was a time where I was going through different uh, investment firms saying, hey, if you have any clients that, you know, are looking to do some estate planning or leave any gifts, um, you know, come in and talk to me. And I walked into one of these financial advisors' offices, and I started my pitch. And they finished by saying, you are the most articulate high school student. <laughs> and I, I was 27 that at the last time. Week. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was 27 at the time. And, uh, and it made me realize, like, whoa, like there, it, it is a challenge yeah. because some people may not take you serious because you are younger. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it is really important for millennials to, to really persevere through mm-hmm. a lot of that mm-hmm. because with all the technology and information that's available now – it's easier to know how to start a business and do things successfully than ever before. So you have more and more young people who are able to go out and do incredible things in such a short amount of time. And and getting people to believe in you at that young age, though, is still a challenge. So I'd really encourage anybody who's young, if you want to do it, everything you need is out there and available. It's at your fingertips. Don't let anybody look down on you just because you're young. Go for it. As the Bible says, let no man despise thy youth. Absolutely. But be thou an example. Like, be an example. So so here's the key. And, Zach, this is going to be a clip that you're going to want to save, right? All right. I'm about ready to give you guys some gold. Because I'm perceived... I'm perceived as young still. I'm, I'll be 40 this year. And to me, that number seems so old, but I don't feel like a 40-year-old man. I feel like a 20-year-old. Yeah. I really do. And my wife says when I'm home with the five kids, the six kids, sorry, I don't even know how many kids I have. One's in college, so that it feels like there's another kid in the house because I'm just a big goofball. And that's just who I am. But here's the key to what you're saying. Everything you said is true that people have access to the internet, which you can do anything. Like if you're passionate about Yeti mugs, you could make money being passionate about Yeti. You could find a way to make money about that. If you're passionate about whatever, 
But here's the key, and this is where a lot of people go wrong, is it's patience. It's patience. Yep. It's patience. It's there's a process. There are some people that just it happens and they, they found something and got rich overnight and they had this instant fame or they got discovered on YouTube. But that's so rare. And if that happens to you, great. But just because that doesn't happen to you doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong or that what you're doing isn't going to work or that you're not going to be successful. But it takes time. It takes time. So be patient. People will respect you and give you respect after they've seen a body of work. People will show you the acknowledgement that you deserve when they've seen that you followed through on what you're going to say, that you're not just yeah. a young dreamer with an idea and then it fizzles away, but you day after day commit to it and you do it. Even though a hundred people told you, you know, when I started my company, so many people told me bad idea. It will never work in Owasso. Wow. So many people told me that. And they said, you're, you're, there's so many other things you could do. Why that? That's not going to, Owasso too small. It won't work. And I just believed in it and I knew it. And I've done it. And those skeptics, some of them are still skeptic. I'm five years in now. But a lot of them are coming around to me now and asking for business. Some of them are your clients. Some (laughs) of them are my clients now. Exactly right. And so you just have to stay committed to it and be patient. And I feel like social media has hurt the ability for people to, not, not the ability, it's hurt the understanding of patience, of waiting, because they see people just blowing up online becoming a world star overnight and it makes them think that that's what they have to do and so i would just say it's a it's a it's a marathon not a sprint if it's something you love be happy in the fact that you're getting to do what you love Mm -hmm. and never do it because of the money never do it because of the numbers or the analytics do it because you love it and all that stuff will follow so just be patient yeah, and I think one thing we, we need to remember is 99% of the time, the path to success is paved with failures. Yeah. And it's it, we're never going to get that perfect product or that perfect business model, but we constantly are perfecting that model. We're constantly learning from our failures. We're constantly trying new things and seeing if they work or don't work. And through that process, the product and the service we can provide keeps getting better and better and better. And, and so we have to realize it's not, you're not just going to snap your fingers and have some amazing, amazing product or some amazing, you know, uh, YouTube channel or something that's going to make you millions of dollars. You have to be willing to endure and learn from all those failures. And if you're willing to do that, you're going to find success. That's absolutely right. That's good advice. And if you're listening, uh, today and maybe you are a young entrepreneur, Maybe you are a millennial. Maybe you're Gen Z. Maybe you have this great idea and everybody around you has told you it's dumb. It's not going to work. It's stupid. That doesn't mean they're right. That doesn't mean they're right. Maybe they are. Sometimes there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. But I would say this. Don't base what you want to do on how quickly you get to the end. It's just a journey. It's a process. It's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So take your time. Be patient. Uh, pursue that passion and, and uh, allow the results to come as they come. Yep. And so, <clears throat> all right, guys, this has been some fantastic stuff. I know we could talk for hours. Is there anything else that you want to talk about on the show today that you think someone listening needs to hear in regards to entrepreneurship, in regards to millennials, in regards to the bookstore? In regards to books, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten was from a mentor of mine. His name is Larry Mars, um, and uh, he told me that 
if I ever need a mentor or a friend or a piece of knowledge and I seem to never be able to find it, always remember that that person or that thought is there. Somebody wrote it down for me in a book. I just have to go find it. Mm. And so many times uh, when I was really young, I would find myself thinking like, well, why can't I just see this in action? Or why can't I just find this perfect answer or perfect solution? And I would give up because that person wasn't within my immediate circle of friends who could teach me that. But yet that mentor I needed was there. It was just that that mentor left that piece of wisdom for me in a book. And I just had to pick it up and read it. That's amazing. I've never heard that before, but that's fantastic. And there have been so many times where we needed an answer to something. And somebody out there wrote it. Somebody out there made a video about it. Somebody put it in a book. There's nothing new under the sun, right? Uh, I I told a story that just recently I needed to fix a headlight on a specific year and model of my car. And I Googled it, and there was the exact video of that exact thing, and I was able to find it. And that's such a small look at really what is possible. And so, you know, I think that... Real quick, just going back to the entrepreneurial thing, I want to say this before we sign off for the day, and that is there like being an entrepreneur right now it's a popular thing. everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but not everybody is an entrepreneur, and that's okay yep sometimes being an entrepreneur it's lonely and it's hard and it's work and it's not as yeah. fun as everybody makes it look and and only crazy people that really are entrepreneurs enjoy it, and so don't think that. You have to be an entrepreneur. Maybe you uh, can find someone to work for that you can pursue that passion with. And that's okay, too. Right. It's about self-awareness. It's about understanding who you are and what you want to do and what you are. And then be happy. And then really, above it all, don't compare yourselves to everyone else. When you look and say, well, that person's doing this and they get to do all that. And you have this jealousy. And then it creates, causes you to make decisions following somebody else because you think their journey is your journey and and it's not your journey is your journey and let it be your journey and be committed to it so zach how many books you gonna read this year i'm gonna shoot for one shoot shoot for one book all right so you guys heard it today is february february something it's it's february we're in february uh and zach's (laughs) gonna read a book this year so we'll we'll, we all need to check back in we'll check back (laughs) in next february see how he did (laughs) and uh thank you guys for being on the show today we appreciate it uh, why don't you tell our audience how they can find uh, Owasso Books and Beans and uh, where they can go to get this information. We're on the corner of 21 and Washington. So we're 108 North Washington Street. In the Wesner Building. In the Wesner Building. We are in the left retail space. And we do have a sign band that says Books and Beans. Mm-hmm. So come see us. Well, come see me. I'll be there. <laughs> and let me make you something or give you a book recommendation. Absolutely. And, and you can find us on uh, Facebook. Uh, it's Owasso Books Ambersant Beans. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And on Instagram. Yep. And, and on, on Instagram, Instagram. Yep. yes. So check them out. Uh, great coffee, great beverages, great environment atmosphere, and great books, and great people. So uh, thank you guys for being on the show. But now is the time of the show where we do a little game called Say It in 60. Yep. All right. So Zach's going to bring... Oh, is yeah. there a prize? There is fabulous prizes. Oh, you yes. are going to have a chance to go home with some fabulous prizes today. So Zach here actually has a little spinning wheel oh my for goodness. you. You're going to click that. There's a bunch of prizes on there that have been generously donated by our clients. So go ahead and spin that. Show the camera what you win after you got it. Ooh. Can 
you see that? I can't. What does it say? Oh, you got the same as last week. All right. Hometown Markets gift card. A Hometown Markets. That is the Shell gas, uh, gas stations here in Owasso. They are one of our clients. And oh, they have cool. generously donated a $25 gas card. Oh, that's nice. If you can say it in 60. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Let me pull up my questions here as I am not ready. You are ready. <laughs> but I'm I, not ready. You are ready, but I am not ready. Okay. <clears throat> Zach, is our timer ready? 60 seconds are on the clock. 60 seconds on the clock. Zach, tell us when to go. And then, I think, Kellen, are you the one answering the questions? I or guess so. Okay, Kellen. All right. Your time starts now. What is your favorite app? Uh, Facebook. What is a must-read book? Future Driven. What is a daily habit that everyone should do? Read. What is your favorite podcast? All right. No easy way out. What does success Correct. look like to you? Um, waking up and doing something you love at work. He's killing it. What is your favorite quote? Um, freedom is only one generation away from extinction. Ronald Reagan. Good one. Who do you look up to? 30 seconds. Uh, David Ross. You got lots of time. What is a must-watch movie? Got to take some time with this one. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Batman. All three of them. Okay. <laughs> What's your why? Uh, my why is relationships. Do right. everything to build and maintain healthy relationships. All right, last question. What is your best piece of advice? Um, do what you love and love what you do. Did he make it? With five seconds to spare. Oh, yeah. he made it. All right, let's give him a round of applause. Good job. Fantastic answers. You will be going home today with a $25 gas card from Shell Gasoline. Hometown markets, they have five locations, three here in Owasso, one in Stockbridge, and one in Brighton. Wow. And they have the best convenience stores around. They are clean, great variety, not just junk food. If you like junk food, they got it, but they also have healthy <laughs> options. And so go check them out. And Shell Gasoline is top-tier gasoline, good for your car. We said last week, good for your health. It's not really good for your health. Don't, but don't, don't go drink it. get some Shell Gasoline. All right, thank you guys so much for being on the show today. It has been our pleasure to have you, and I look forward to working with you guys in the future. And, Zach, what else do we got for today? Anything else we need to tell our audience about? Um, I don't think so. Just uh, new episodes every Monday, so make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our audio versions on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever Google you can Play. find a podcast. Yeah, and hit and that. Yeah. I'm, notification I'm, bell. Hit the notification so bell when it comes out. Yeah. We want you to be notified every time a new episode Absolutely. comes out. Again, every Monday, we're bringing good to, uh, content to you. And our show is all about meeting with local entrepreneurs and talking about their journey and talking about what's important to them and talking about what they're passionate about. So if you're local here in Owasso or Shiawassee County or an area, come try Owasso Books and Beans. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. They have some great stuff and they have a great selection. And if you are an entrepreneur, if you're a young entrepreneur, and you're dealing with the, the concerns and worries of not getting the respect you think you deserve or not being heard or not being listened to or your idea isn't panning out as quickly as you thought it would or you're not sure what you're doing, I would say this, understand your why. I have a big canvas right above my shoulder that says remember why you started. Know why you started it in the first place. Stay true to it. Talk to the right people. Listen to the right voices and avoid the wrong ones. Pick up a good book. There's a lot of good ideas in there about how to grow your business or grow your brand or grow yourself personally and, and to expand your ceiling and to expand your capabilities. Um, and if you're going to get a book, get it out of Wasso Books and Beans if you're local. Um, but then just stay committed and be patient. Be patient. Don't rush the process. Be patient and understand 
that it will come and quantify what success is. It's different for everybody. To me, again, if I can wake up every day and do what I love, that's success to me. So maybe you're already experiencing success and you don't even realize it because you're comparing someone else's definition of success. So make sure you quantify what that means to you. Again, thanks for being on the show or thanks for, or thanks for watching our show today. As my mother always said, you can't and never could until you tried. So go out there and try something great, my friends, and don't take the easy way out. Zach, we'll, we'll see, see you, you next, next time. time.